Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 113, the 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. Jesus, in healing the man in the Gospel this weekend, says to him, Be opened, and he was cured. In a broader sense, God is open to all his beloved children. Our Lord calls each one of us to be open and impartial in dealing with our brothers and sisters, our neighbour, and not to be caught up in the distinctions and double standards that the world can draw us into. God is open to and kind to all in need and invites us into the kingdom of inclusion, justice, peace and reverence. This is Faith, Hope and Love. You are just, O Lord, and your judgment is right. Treat your servant in accord with your merciful love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Welcome everyone as we come together to worship God and to be nourished by the Lord's message on this 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. And so, brothers and sisters, to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries, let us acknowledge our sins. Lord Jesus, you healed the sick. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you forgave sinners. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you give us yourself to heal us and bring us strength. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. 
You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the us pray. O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 4 to 7. Say to those who are of fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The Word of the Lord Praise the Lord, my soul. It is the Lord who keeps faith for ever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is He who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free. It is the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down, the Lord who loves the just, the Lord who protects the stranger. The Lord upholds the widow and orphan, but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign for ever, Zion's God from age to age. Praise the Lord, my soul. A reading from the letter of St. James, chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a man with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, And if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, Have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, Stand there, or sit at my feet, 
Have you not made distinctions among yourselves, and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? The word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom and healed all who were sick. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. Returning from the region of Tyre, Jesus went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a man who was deaf and who had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed, and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord Thank goodness for the letter of St. James our second reading today. It's such a wonderful, practical instruction that remains so very relevant today as it did back in the time of its original writing. Faith and discipleship in Christ has very practical implications. Following Jesus means a radical transformation of attitude, behaviour and vision. We're called to be people who see beyond appearances and do not settle on worldly standards of value, but are trained by God to see the world as God sees it, and to see the true value of people and of things around us with the standards of Christ's gospel. The good news looks into the heart of the person, not the outward appearances. And the good news goes to the true spirit of the law, and not just the letter. It also values the doing of Jesus' words more than the mere saying of them. This is why Jesus calls us to constantly pray, to spend our time meditating on the scriptures and pondering their meaning. This is why we're called to gather in community and not try to go it alone, to be supported and challenged by the teachings of the faith community as it journeys toward the fullness of Jesus' kingdom. Jesus, while healing the man in today's gospel, says to him, Be open. And he says to each one of us too, Be open. 
Be open to my new way of seeing in the world. Be open to listening to God's ways in our lives. We could spend a long time reflecting on the implications of the message in St. James's letter today. With its resounding clarity, do not make distinctions. Do not judge by outward appearances. The ordinary worldly standard of judging by wealth or status is not applicable in the kingdom of God. In fact, if any preference is to be given, it's to the poor, the needy, the outcast, the widow, the orphan, the sinner, the one who is most struggling. Sure, we're human. We sometimes get things wrong. We do sometimes judge people by appearances. We do not always love all others as we should. We do not always treat all people like a friend would. Sadly, we admit that we can be partial in our dealings with others and sometimes show partiality towards some people at the expense of the rest. And so God gives us the gift of forgiveness to help us start again. God helps us to grow in grace, to become the people of the gospel that Jesus calls us to be. It's not an easy path, and Christ knows that and allows for it. In the gospel, the description of the physical journey taken by Jesus is a long, long one. And geographically, it's a bit odd. It's a bit like saying, compared to local geography in the region I live in, Jesus travelled by foot from surfers paradise heading for Brisbane via Canungra and Tambourine Mountain. That is, it was in no sense the shortcut. The journey was purposeful, slow and isolated in many areas. It's fairly clear that Jesus was taking this slow, steady journey to go out of his way to meet people who were often forgotten And also, it was a slow journey to take lots of quality time to walk with his disciples at some length and to slowly but surely teach them and reveal to them his radical and true vision of the kingdom of God, which was very different from what they expected from their previous experience of human expectations and values. The Old and New Testament unite in condemning any displays of partiality of judgment or favouritism of treatment, which comes from giving undue weight to a person's social standing, wealth or worldly influence, or their ability to benefit the person who's giving the favouritism. And it's a fault which could tempt all. The rich and the poor meet together, says Proverbs. The Lord is the maker of them all. That's Proverbs 22 verse 2. It is not right and just, says Ben Sirach, to despise the poor person that has understanding, and neither is it fitting to magnify a sinful person who is rich. That's Sirach, chapter 10, verse 23. It is good for us to remember that it's just as much partiality to be a slave to popular opinion or mob mentalities as it would be to pander to a tyrant. In the early years of the church, It would have been a real change of mindset for Christians when they gathered together in church as one group because when they met in church the very rich and the very poor and even more interesting the master and the slave would all sit down as equals in God's house. 
we too can fall into the trap of making distinctions, judging by appearances, being partial and biased and having favouritism. The name we use is Christian. We are disciples who are followers of Christ. And yet being followers of Christ requires a long, slow journey of changed attitudes and actions. A new mind where Christ's thinking and values slowly but surely replaces our old earthly values. In many ways, it's a very long journey, very much like that journey that Jesus took with his disciples from Tyre through Sidon to the Decapolis region and then to the Sea of Galilee. Quite a roundabout way. In fact, it's a lifelong journey. And along the way, we stumble as we may occasionally fall back into attitudes and behaviours that are not the ways of Christ and are really nothing more than the ways of the world around us. So we have to be very vigilant and so much on our guard against these traps, these contradictions, these hypocrisies. Any contradictions of our own behaviour as Christians are things which non-Christians even though they don't share our beliefs sometimes, are often very quick to notice and point out. Non-Christians often claim that perceived inconsistencies of our behaviour, as compared with the message of the Gospel, are real barriers to our credibility. St. James in the second reading would agree. There are so many ways, big and small, where we can, often unwittingly and without realising, contradict the radical message and values of Jesus. Over the years of my preaching, I've more often than I like recalled giving a homily on a particular gospel topic only for someone who had sat there listening to the readings and joined in the prayers going on and then came out saying or doing something that modelled the exact opposite of the theme of the message that we'd just heard. And the worst thing about it is, the person often didn't even see the irony of it. They were oblivious to the contradiction in what they had heard and what they had just gone out and done. They're not even doing it consciously. It makes me wonder, I've probably blindly gone straight out and contradicted a message that I myself have just heard or preached. It's such an important reminder of how vigilant we must be and how carefully we need to hear and reflect on God's word. St. James says that partiality, favouritism and self-interest have nothing to do with the gospel. It also is the slow and subtle start of a form of cronyism, of corruption, that whether it's secular society or a religious community is absolutely poisonous. Any sense of entitlement or partiality can derail a community. It would certainly move it further away from the gospel model, that's for sure. So we must be on our guard against it. It's an easy mistake to make. St. James reminds us in very sobering terms that words such as, after all I've done for you, or you owe it to me, or even I deserve this, and sentences similar to those, are words that ought never be found on the lips of a Christian. For the use of these words implies less of unselfish service of God and more of storing up credits to be claimed back at some opportune time. We can all be tempted to trade in the message and vision of Christ 
and swap it for a pale, watered-down, self-serving imitation of Christianity. Jesus is inviting us to be opened to his ways and his values, his vision. He also offers to heal us of any spiritual barriers that prevent us from seeing and hearing the truth of our own values and motives and the truth of how close or how far we are from Jesus' true values. No wonder the people were exceedingly astonished at what Jesus was doing. Is anything too hard for the Lord? The book of Genesis asks. And even at the Annunciation to Mary, the extraordinary things God was doing in her life and planning for all humanity, the angel reminds her and us, nothing is impossible for God. Having said all things are possible for God, us humans have an amazing capacity for assuming that there's only one way that God should achieve something that we want, and that's the way we imagine it. But God has consistently shown throughout history that thoughts like that are quite misleading. It's my belief that God achieves the impossible by means of the improbable and the unexpected. I truly believe God receives and answers our prayers and always hears them. He gives back his answer. God still achieves this today. And sometimes, for reasons we don't know, God's answer is no. God often answers the core of our needs in ways that look very different from our expectations or requests. And God invites us to see things in a different way. It's perhaps why the quote from St. Mary of the Cross MacKillop resonates with me so much when I hear her words that say, Many things that seemed unaccountable worries have later proved indeed to be hidden blessings. And that's so true, in a way I find hard to put into words. God invites and allows people to be open and truly hear him, to truly perceive And God knows that the more faithfully we listen to God's unique voice within our hearts, where God's Spirit resides, the better we will hear what is happening outside too. We too add to the chorus of voices saying of Jesus, He does all things well. And we know Christ manages to transform the most trying of situations, passing through the bitter valley, and in his wake, making it a place of springs. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our God is always open to our needs, even when we are not listening to the concerns around us. Let us pray for the needs of all. For the Church, called to be a pilgrim in this world, 
that we may look towards the everlasting city in everything we do and say. Lord, hear us. For the world and all its people, that they may be able to hear and see God's word in action. Lord, hear us. For the poor, that they may be rich in faith and empowered to work for a better life for themselves and their children. Lord, hear us. For people whose sight, hearing or speech is impaired, that we may be sensitive to their rights and not be prejudiced by misconceptions. Lord, hear us. For all who are in ill health and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and consolation. Lord, hear us. That all who have died will be welcomed into heaven and that we will all end our journey with God, our Maker, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Healing God, you have opened our ears to hear you and loosened our tongues in prayer to praise you. We ask you to hear our pleas and grant them in your mercy. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who give us the gift of true prayer and of peace, graciously grant that through this offering we may do fitting homage to your divine majesty and by partaking of the sacred mystery we may be faithfully united in mind and heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you so loved the world, that in your mercy you sent us the Redeemer, to live like us in all things but sin, so that you might love in us what you loved in your Son, by whose obedience we have been restored to those gifts of yours that by sinning we had lost in disobedience. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks, as in exaltation we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days. 
that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Like the deer yearns for running streams, so my soul is yearning for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for God, the living God. Let us pray. Grant that your faithful, O Lord, whom you nourish and endow with life, through the food of your word and heavenly sacrament, may so benefit from your beloved Son's great gifts that we may merit an eternal share in his life, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts are used for the purpose of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. The Roman Missal, Prayers and Chants, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. The Bible, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, National Council of Churches of Christ, USA. The Psalms, copyright 1963, The Grail, Collins Publisher. Prayers of the Faithful, Robert Borg's Together We Pray, 1993, E.J. Dwyer, Australia. Mass for St. Ralph Sherwin, Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring the Gloria, copyright 2011, www.ccwatershed.org, forward slash Charbonnel. Faith, Hope and Love, theme, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, Original music, copyright 1996, Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you.